This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Well, hey, thank you for joining us today. We hope to give you a piece of knowledge that you didn't have before. My name is Allison Kay, and this is the Disruptive CEO Nation podcast. We are heading over to London, and we are going to speak with Eleanor Kay, who is the executive director of the Newton Venture Program. She's going to tell us all about it and why it is really important that we diversify our VC ecosystem. But hey, she also has a great personal business story. So Eleanor, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having us. I love the fact that we're Alison Kay and Eleanor Kay. I like that. It's like a a good intro. (laughs) Hey, we make a great team. Tell us a little bit first about what Newton Venture Program is. I know it's affiliated with the London Business School, um, but I'm really excited to hear what it is that you do in the world. Yeah, sure. So Newton Venture Program is a joint venture. So you mentioned London Business School, but they partner also with Local Globe VC. Local Globe VC is a pre-seed Series A investment fund and firm, and they believe wholeheartedly that uh, diversifying the VC landscape will help the whole economy ecosystem. So You know, this is a big thing for us at Newton. Um, We're here to level the playing field uh, for people from typically and structurally overlooked and underestimated backgrounds, which is basically to ensure that the next generation of investors represent that the world we live in. And quite frankly, right now, that's not the case. And by having people who are more representative of the world we live in making the financial decisions, hopefully we will see this money trickle down to the founders, the entrepreneurs who come from those backgrounds we don't really hear of in the success stories that didn't come out of Stanford, that didn't come out of Harvard, didn't come out of Oxbridge, you know, to make successful, innovative ventures um, a dream, a unicorn, you know, if if we're going to talk VC terms. You know, Eleanor, before we pressed record, we we were just talking about this on why I do this podcast and the type of people I like to talk to. And I, I couldn't agree more wholeheartedly. I really value um, an innovation culture that has diversity of thinking. It's why I love talking to people from all over the world. It's why I say your next best business partner can be an, a continent away and you don't even know it, both for the entrepreneur um, and for the investor. So tell us a little bit about um, what you do and how you go about um, educating the mindset of the tech investor. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, we actually run two different programs. So let's talk first of all around our, our digital program. So that's an eight week program. It's online. We have people joining from all around the world. Um, we do use something called blind hiring, which means that we actually don't see anyone's name, address, email, background, pictures, um, age, um, sexual preference, anything, gender, ethnicity, everything is blind to us. And all we see are these answers. And they're marked by a number of people um, to make sure that the you know biases don't come into play. And only the top people get through. And you wouldn't believe it, but our, our cohorts are around 50% female. You know, they're they're from multitude of ethnicities, um, backgrounds, socioeconomic classes, you know, different ex work life experiences, people who went to university, people who have PhDs, and people who um dropped out of school at 16. You know, we've got a variety of um, backgrounds coming to this cohort to learn. Um, they all have the same goal and motivation that they want to learn about venture capital. And we're making that world inclusive and accessible, um, no matter what your background. And we love what you call the diversity of thought. We love that people come up with different ideas, different solutions, different questions that people would never even thought of. I was in a a class recently we we're talking about business models and we talked about you know an, a lift being broken in a building how how are you going to approach that and my thought with I've got a very strong operational background my first thought was oh you know I would uh call the maintenance folks and and get that fixed and make sure that the contract is it's done in an, a, a decent time and you know I'd communicate it to the tenants of the building and the, the other people's thoughts in the room are things like you know well I would um put a mirror in the lift so people can entertain themselves as it's moving slower, you know, that they can like fix their hair and, and then the time wouldn't be noticed. And I was like, what? That would be your first thought. And these are, these are the kind of like solution-based <laughs> ideas that are coming from a variety of different people. And, and I love that. I love the diversity of thought and the way of, um, you know, finding solutions to, to problems it can only come really by working together and, and thinking about, different ways of, of doing things and also being open to it you know like I, I was thinking you know a mirror in a lift and then I realized oh my goodness I've been tricked every time I walk in a mirror there's a lift uh, every time I walk <laughs> in a lift, there's a mirror this has been going on for years <laughs> but you know you've got to be open to different solutions and and, and ways of fixing problems so you know this this co these cohorts that come through us we've had uh nearly 400 people come in and take our programs so far and and getting them together and finding innovative ventures and potentially like joining syndicates to make investments that mm -hmm. potentially would not have happened had they not met each other on our programs is really exciting and we run uh sorry just in case you want to ask another question but like the we run a fellowship program as well which is in person at london business school and there's something to be said you know we're in a world where digital learning is is very common um but you know, being in person, building very strong relationships with people, being able to have those one-off conversations or sharing something, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, that's what we're hoping to get from the fellowship program where people can build really strong in-person connections and, and learn from each other and not just, you know, solve problems like I mentioned earlier on, but, you know, share better ways of doing things or or challenge people because sometimes it's very hard to challenge people digitally. And to be able to challenge people in person, you you have that little edge to be able to say, oh, have you 
have you thought about doing it this way? And it, it feels gentler sometimes to, to challenge and, and potentially provide constructive criticism if you're in person. So yeah, yeah I wanted um, to go back and pick up on what you said about in investment syndicates and how you see the landscape of investing of, of VC investing and, and, and capital uh, investments changing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting question. And I think, you know, I can talk about it potentially more from the UK perspective, because I think with the US, it's, it's, it's a very well-known career path now for people. And, and it, I guess it's kind of replaced the consultancy path. You know, you're an investment banker and then you're going to go into venture capital and you've potentially come from this great university and you've got all these contacts and you're knowing the founders have also come from Stanford. And, you know, this this landscape is a very much homophily type zone where, you know, you're you're flying with people who you uh, it's, I think it's like you flock together with birds of a feather, like people who who look and sound mm-hmm. the same. But I think what we're saying is this shift in the landscape of of, of understanding. Well, actually, that's only a, a, a small part of the market if you're only solving problems of the people that you know then you're probably missing out on a huge market share and I think that's that's finally coming into action where the the landscape's changing it's like you can't just solve problems that you know about you've got to hire people if you're say you know GP of a firm you've got to hire people who can understand say the African landscape like the the there's a huge continent 54 countries of, of, of different incredible people and ideas and like it's an untapped market things that have just never happened there like how can that be understood by someone who's in New York you know yeah I want to pick up what you just said there because I I think it is so worth repeating if you're only solving the problems of the people you know or the people that look like you you are missing out so much of the world and I also believe you're missing out the blessings that come back to you as well. Um, I always say I do a lot of coaching on networking and, and, and building your executive career. And one of the things I constantly say is when you walk in a room, do not sit next to people that look like you. Take a moment, scan the room and sit with somebody who looks the least like you. And it doesn't matter what you say Eleanor, in terms of like that, that whole diversity ecosystem, it, it could be, they just physically don't look like me. They have a different style. They have a different culture. They have a different age range, whatever it is. Um, you need to pull that, pull that in to your, your world. So you can see the world in a bigger, bolder way. Um, so I, I love what you're doing there. And I love what you're saying about networking. Like we, we actually make it quite, uh, we do an exercise where we take, you put yourself in the middle and you look, um, I'm going to just credit the Reliance Project who who this came up with this idea where you kind of think about where you're getting news stories from, from um, the last three weeks, like who has, has told you a bit of information, who, who is, you know, passed on an article or a news story or told you a fact or invited you to an event where you might meet people. And if you look at those people in the last three weeks, where where are they based? Where where do they live? Um, what gender are they? Um, what age are they? And if you if you start honing in on this and you realize, okay, that the people in my, you know, closest network all look and sound like me, where are you really getting, you know, are you really understanding what's yeah. going on around you? 
And I felt like this when when Brexit happened in the UK and and I, I was absolutely shocked because no one in my network was voting for Brexit. I live in London, you know, it, I was like, this, this isn't gonna happen. And I was, I just couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe that this is what has happened to the UK. Um, so, you know, well, that- Eleanor, I'm not going to talk politics, but we've had that happen around some presidential elections in the United States. <laughs> yes. And very closely afterwards that happened. And I remember us also thinking. What? So, yes, I, uh, politics aside, you know, these, these this can happen when you when you are in your bubble. And when we did this exercise, I was like, wow, I have a primarily female network don't really speak to you know or or get much information from um men in my world or and and I and I actively went out and started like thinking right who do I want to connect with and and get other thought viewpoints but until you start looking internally at what you're doing like that's just never going to happen yeah hey let's talk about women um and the landscape for um women entrepreneurs um, looking for investments because we've heard the data in the past and it's 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 dismal and hope it's getting better. Um, but tell us a little bit what you see about this specific segment and how they are moving forward and and if it's getting a little bit brighter on the horizon for women. Mm, yes, um, so I think I think there's a great report um, that says something like. Um, one one percent of 70 trillion dollars of wealth management industry is controlled by women or minority fund managers i mean that's that's staggering isn't it (laughs) um and i think if you think about well that also trickles down to female founders um that that kind of percentages are just appalling i think uh it's like 0.2 percent go to females and and 0.02 go to black female founders and this is a uk report so i know we're we're across the pond but you know that that those kind of facts are, are pretty horrendous um but i am seeing communities of women uh you know only venture investor groups popping up supporting each other really sharing deal flow like really cheering each other on like there's there's a lot more, I think, empowerment that are happening. And, and I, you know, we spoke very briefly before we went online like about like the possibilities of remote working and flexible working and ways of, um, you know, being there for your families if you need to, but also having a career. And, and that kind of shift and change has, has been such a boost for uh, the economy in the UK, especially like that you can now... Uh, like for me I, I work full-time and and you know I can now attend a, an assembly every so often yeah where my it's a huge up. game changer huge game changer yeah you know Eleanor I want to pivot and and talk about you and, and your career you said this very lovely thing um before we got on and I really valued it you said um this is not the career path that you planned but you believe that fact has made you better. Can you expand on that for us? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll have to go back to where I grew up, but I grew up in a tiny racing village in, in Berkshire in, in, in the UK. And ambitions there were sort of, you know, you could become a primary school teacher at the local primary school or, you know, work in a local shop or something. You know, there was no thought process to escaping the village. And if you did, it was... um 
the nearest town. And when my parents split up, my dad moved to uh, Vancouver and then moved to London. And when he moved to London, this was game changing for me. I could not believe this world that was out there. And I got work experience through my dad. Again, a very privileged um, situation to get, get work experience outside of the local supermarket. But I ended up in a um, uh, a post-production house and I was running around Soho, London with these huge, huge wheels of film. Just like, what on earth am I doing? This I didn't even know this this world existed, let alone these people and this and the, these activities. And like, I was meeting people. This was pre-mobiles. You know, I was walking around with this map trying to find like all these production houses. And like, I fell in love with the media world and, and I wanted to work in media. So I did um, I remember working like uh, during the day at a radio station and in, in the evening at night in a pub just to be able to fund, to be able to do the working for free thing. Because, of course, that was pre where you had you didn't have to pay interns. And I was just desperate to get experience in media. And I ended up working in film, TV, music, um, in, in operations types roles, um, very fast paced. You had to manage very difficult stakeholders. Comedians are especially difficult. No offense <laughs> Medians listening, but um, there's there's an element of like you you learn. I learned a lot of skills uh, delivering at fast pace. You know, like you had to turn around new production rooms within a day. You know, it was it and find the staff and and get them on set. And you know, this is this is difficult stuff when you're so young. Um, has skill at it. And then I was I was headhunted for a role uh, at a financial services pro uh, company a sort of a marketplace for online financial services and um I loved it there but I, I kind of worked myself out of the job um quite quickly it's the first time I'd kind of gone into very so corporate place and I was like oh I'm not really used to this and I wanted more work and and I was going down an HR route which I wasn't not against but it's not my uh personal preference and then I think at that point I started managing teams and joined Palantir Technologies, which was um, just such a huge experience for me. Um, I probably worked the longest hours I've ever worked in my life. And, and they say your trajectory at a, a big tech firm, you know, a year there is like being there 10 years at a normal company. You know, Absolutely. You learn- I've had those jobs before. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and great. Wow. What a, what a great thing to, you know, when you're in it, you're like drowning, but when you walk away and you think about the experience you had and, and I think that that was quite a pivotal time for me. I went through quite a lot of difficult times, lessons learned, big mistakes made, um, having to own up to them and fix them. Um, and it also sort of, I think challenged me as a leader when you're, when you're so burnt out and working at such a a pace that you kind of not necessarily the best leader at the time. And I remember someone calling me out for it because I'd always really loved managing people. And and I, someone said, you know what, you're not doing any your team any favors. And I was I was just so upset. And I really took that to heart. And I I didn't manage anyone. Um, directly before I left Palantir and um, I just kind of thought to myself, well, I'd, I'd really want to manage people again, but I think things can be done differently. And when I left Palantir, I decided I was going to take six months out and really think about what I wanted to do. 
uh, I sent out a couple of feeler emails to like some colleagues and said, you know, what if anything pops up in the next six months and you think about me, let me know. Like, you know, I'm quite excited. Sort of whatever comes around, I'm happy to try a different industry. I've basically done them all, I feel like sometimes. And <laughs> um, uh, apparently I hadn't done venture capital so or exec education. And, and this this job came up and I was like, wow, this sounds exciting. Um, and the team I now manage, who I hired under the values that I got to write as what like matters are just so such fantastic um incredible people who work in all different ways and yet we've got this respectful work environment where we listen to each other we really think about you know how we approach each other with requests for feedback or like support on a task and like everybody works in really different ways you know I mentioned I was in ops like that's like being an octopus you know you sort of I've always got 50 tabs open at a time I'm always working my to-do list is like pages and pages long and I compare that to what my husband does which is literally I think he could spend like a week writing one email if he wanted to you know like he has to it's a very different mindset but you know I've just built this team of like different backgrounds different cultures different mindsets different neurodiversity as well like it's it's beautiful and I love it so much that we are thinking about you know different ways of working and that it can work and that we can still deliver and still have great outcomes and I and I you know I believe in the future of work being different to to what it's been in the past and I think that's only come from my own journey and really taking feedback and trying to to change myself for the better. Well, thank you so much for sharing that that insight into your journey. I think there's a lot of things there um, that I can absolutely relate to for for sure. And there are a couple, you know, lessons learned that those of us that get to the corner office, you know, you do have to learn. And that's, you know, own and fix your mistakes. That operation stands for octopus. I I think that's that's really what it what it is. And also that that piece of how much you learn if you can be a self-aware leader and and be coachable. I mean, I've had those moments too. I don't think, again, you you don't get to key positions of leadership unless you've had, you know, somebody come to you and go, Are are you aware of of how you're operating? Are you, are you, are you quite aware? And you could very easily take a position of, oh my God, do you know what I'm trying to do? Do you know what's being asked of me? Or to to say, okay, I I am I'm just gonna take a deep breath and and take it in. So Eleanor, I I appreciate all of that. We are almost out of time. I want to go back and and ask a key question though about the people that go through um, the Newton Venture Program. There's so many things you shared. Some delightful stories of exercises that you do with individuals in, in the program, and you do have two different programs, so I'm sure they're they're very different, but. What do you think is the hardest thing for people to see or learn or or what is the most aha moment that it seems people get when they go through the program? Um, it's a great question. I have a I have a good answer for this. So, you know, we teach people the sort of uh, hands-on skills um, that, you you know, if you say, oh, if to be an investor, these are the the skills that you need but 
what we'd really try and teach are those the 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 mindsets the sort of not quite tangible things but like the things that you need to from being a good networker like how to how to introduce yourself how to write a good um connecting email like it's all those kind of things and and having a respect towards other people in the industry you can't just say here's an exercise you've really got to hone people's own like personable skills to be able to make them good investors and I think the number one thread through both programs is that there's no one way to do venture you've got to part you know carve out your journey yourself Mm -hmm. and take the parts that really resonate with you and make that your story make that your brand like if you're a doctor and you want to be an investor in health tech, well, you you understand the medical journey that these, you know, if you want to invest in health tech, wow, well, you're bringing so much to that table. You don't have to be like the next person. You know, you've probably got a great bedside manner. You've probably like have such empathy with people. These are such amazing skills that you could bring to the table. And it doesn't mean that venture capital is not for you. You just have to find your own path and, and really understand your own skill set and bring that to the table. And I think that's that's the golden thread that we're trying to bring out of the amazing people who come and join our cohorts. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, what is next for Newton Venture Program? Any new initiatives, any um, vision that you have for for the business? Yeah, we're, we're really excited about the future. We're hoping to lo- launch a sort of, I guess, a, an accessible version of what is venture capital program so that anybody around the world can do it in their own time, just kind of access it. And it should be used as a way of like, is this journey for me? Am I really interested or how can I apply this learning elsewhere? It's it's just our, our mission is to make venture capital accessible to anybody. And that's by building out these sort of open source programs or open source resource libraries that people can really pull from and and learn. And, you know, that's, that's what's next for Newton at the moment. Well, thank you. Hey, if people want to connect with you or if they want to learn more about the program, where should they go and what should they do? Uh, Sure. Uh, You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Eleanor Kay at the end. You can just search me. Um, and if you want to learn about Newton, we are at www. Do you even say www anymore? Newtonprogram.vc. Um, and uh, you can see everything on there and and find out about our programs. But yeah, please get in touch. I, I pe- people is my passion, so I love chatting to people. Um, this has been such a pleasure, Alison. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us today, and to our listeners. If you are curious, um, if Eleanor said something that triggered thoughts in you, um, please connect with her. She is a wonderful person to have in your network, as I always say of our guests, because these are movers and shakers in the world. And and I, I loved how you use the phrase escape the village. So if you want somebody who has a mindset like that in your network, Um, reach out to Eleanor. Until we speak again, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Hey, Eleanor, have a great day. Thanks so much. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? 
Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.